Morning guys, welcome to today's live stream. We're going to be talking all about how you can do a good back routine to fix your lower back pain from home. We're gonna run through it from start to finish uh, today. So hopefully you're gonna find this really, really helpful. And as always, thank you very much for joining us. If you're new to the channel, please do consider subscribing to the channel, hit the notification bell. We go live every single weekday. And if you do find these videos helpful or know someone else who's got back pain or neck pain, needs a little bit of help, then join and share this with them. Uh, because we do Q&A at the end of every live stream to help you guys from home. So guys, before we get into this, um, if you're watching, if you guys have questions, any questions throughout the live stream, then please do post those in the comments. Lara's the other side of the computer and the camera, and she's reading those comments. So she'll collect those and then read them out at the end so we can go through and answer them one by one, uh, rather than leaving them all till the end uh, and then throwing them in there because sometimes uh, it gets a little bit hectic for Lara. So um, that would be good. So as a little uh, overview of what we're going to talk about today, we're going to go through sort of really understanding. Um, I'm, I'm going to very briefly cover over understanding the cause and avoiding the bad things. This is really, really important. If you continue to do the wrong things at home, then, then you're going to have some trouble. We'll then go through sort of the basic relief-based exercises uh, for you guys so you can understand uh, sort of the principles about that early stage of recovery. So if you're really, really struggling to even get out of bed, you know, this has been an effort. Maybe you're watching this on your uh, smartphone from bed. Uh, it's not ideal. So what should you be doing at that stage? And then that careful introduction of certain exercises to start to challenge your body to build back up some strength and stability to protect it from future reoccurrence and then finally some smart progression building things up over the course of a few months to actually really sort of bulletproof that lower back and make sure it really is in good condition for the long term and that's the way we sort of effectively deal with back pain um, obviously not neglecting stretching the whole way through there so we'll kind of touch on these topics in and out as we go along and again just to reiterate, we're going to go through that Q&A at the end. So if you guys have any questions either related to back pain or a few topics off the wall, then that's fine too. Just post those in the comments as we're going through this and um, and we'll, we'll answer those at the end. So uh, firstly, I, I wanted to just very briefly touch on sort of understanding the cause and avoiding, uh, avoiding bad things. And these kind of come they're, they're intertwined, these two topics, mainly because a lot of people make mistakes with regards to what that is actually causing the back pain. The most common one being uh, a muscle strain or something like that, which just isn't isn't at all uh, adequate enough explanation for your back pain in the overwhelming majority of cases. And if we've got a wrong diagnosis, then we're going to be doing a lot of things that are inappropriate. The biggest example here is going to be like the knee hugs, where you're hugging your knee up towards your chest in order to really stretch that lower back out. Now, uh, if you want more information on this, if you're not a part of our Back in Shape membership site, then to avoid rehashing all this stuff, just head over to backinshapeapp.com. There'll probably be a link under this video as you're watching it, um, where you can click and you can sort of learn more about that. Uh, so that that that's out of the way. We've got to get that stuff right first. But we want to talk more about the actual routine itself. So hence why glossing over that topic. So first thing we want to do is really focus on relief-based exercises. And this is that your back is injured. You've got a strain um, that's occurred in that lower back. Maybe it's L4-5, maybe it's L5-S1 around that region. You might have a bit of sciatic pain going down the leg or into the sort of the hip buttock area. Um, or you may not. You may just have local back pain. Um, so any number of these things, we want to basically start to relieve the stress that's on that lower back so we can effectively go through a healing process. And this comes down to three principles. The first one is that we want to learn to re-engage the core. In a lot of cases, we've injured our back 
in a repetitive stress manner. And we want to re-engage the core because it obviously hasn't been working to protect that lower back. So that's number one. Number two in this first stage is we want to keep those hips nice and flexible. So the appropriate hip flexibility stretches are going to be really, really pivotal at this stage. We want to do it in a way that doesn't influence the lower back. That's also really, really important. And then the final one is that decompression stretch, taking the load off the spine. And that is not a knee hug. That is, that is the worst thing you can do in this scenario. Even if it feels nice in the short term, it will not allow things to resolve effectively so if you've tried knee hugs put that in the comments let us know how you found it um, are you still doing them if you're still doing them then uh, there's a good and you're watching this video there's a good chance they haven't actually worked so cut those out and if you want to learn more about these particular exercises they're in the phase one the phase one of our back and shape membership is part of the basic uh, membership that is free for absolutely everyone um, so you can join that by just hitting the link underneath you'll learn more about the actual routine itself in more detail and uh, learn more about those other topics that I covered at the start. So that's very, very uh, thorough there to really help at least get you back on your feet doing the right exercises. But please watch the videos correctly. There's a lot of information there. Um, and, and really, if you understand it correctly, you will get your back in shape. So moving on to the more uh, enjoyable parts of the routine and, and also the, the sort of the phase in which provokes the most anxiety in a lot of people. They maybe are doing those phase one exercises, you're starting to feel that your back's a little bit better and, and it's not fixed. It's just the inflammation's come down. So now we need to actually address the real cause of these issues and that is to start to build up some of that muscle strength. And this works. It takes a bit of time. It's not a quick fix. But also people feel quite often a bit anxious. Should I be doing that exercise? Should I be doing this exercise? Oh, I don't know. Oh, there's a little bit of stiffness. Well, all those sorts of questions are valid questions and things that the overwhelming majority of you guys watching these videos will have experienced. And if you've experienced that, put it in the comments below. What sort of stopped you moving on? Is it previous experiences of trying to do these exercises and it failing and kicking back? Well, in a lot of cases, that's because you're doing maybe the wrong sorts of exercises. And that's where we want a careful introduction of the right strengthening exercises with the right principles. And these are to slowly start to stimulate this core in a little bit more of a direct way, off weight bearing and gently on weight bearing with more global movements. We're not doing things like Russian twists or sit-ups here or straight planks. We wanna avoid those sorts of exercises and focus on slowly allowing that core to start to work on its own and with some of the leg and upper back muscles as well so we can start to protect that spine. One of the really important principles here is that we are teaching the core to engage and hold a neutral spine. Now, one of the big mistakes that happens here is a lot of people maybe have some degree of Pilates training, they've done Pilates in the past, sort of general health and well-being, and they do that pelvic tuck when they're doing some of these exercises. And this is a mistake for the same reason that the knee hugs is a, is, is a mistake. And it's something we see time and time again. So we want to understand exactly what we're doing in phase two. We want to not do any of those pelvic tucks or anything like that. We want to hold a neutral spine and slowly start to introduce some of these strengthening exercises. And this is what we call phase two in our back and shape program and it's it's very controlled but it allows you to overcome that sort of anxiety about uh, moving on to more overt strengthening exercises and and really experience a smooth process of transition without injuring yourself so that's really really important and then the final stage what we call phase three is really about adding in other exercises with resistance so it might be we, we really are a good a big proponent of resistance band exercises because they allow us to challenge the core in different planes without us having to move our body into precarious positions and all throughout this we're focusing on maintaining a neutral spine to make sure that that spine is protected the whole way through because that's the function of your core 
whilst it's working with the larger muscle groups. Maybe it's the lats on the back or the glutes or the leg muscles, the other leg muscles as well, like the hamstrings and quads. It's getting that movement to reintegrate so that we're not doing an isolated exercise. We're doing a little bit more compound work where the core is working with the other larger muscle groups to make sure that we can go through the normal acts of daily living in a way that doesn't stress our back. So it's teaching you how to move properly and then building some real muscle. With exercise bands, we can start to build a little bit of strength through that area so that you really protect your back for the long term. And these sorts of smart progression routines are really going to help you build your back for, for a very long period of time. You can slightly twitch them, uh, tweak the exercise routines by using stronger bands as you get better and taking a long view. Take the view of a couple of months to really go through this third phase and really build up those muscles in not just the core and the back, but also further afield as well, because that is what really helps fix your back. And all of this done, this can be done from phase one all the way through to phase three and beyond. It can all be done from home. The first two phases don't require any equipment. You're talking about those gentle relief-based exercises to take, take pressure off your spine and reduce inflammation. We're talking about the careful introduction in phase two of simplistic core exercises and a few others. And we're also talking in phase three about progression on using bands to add resistance and challenge our body a little bit more to really adapt, change, and protect and safeguard that lower back for the future, whether you've got some spondylosis, whether you've got arthritis in the back, whether you've got disc degeneration or herniations or bulges, all of these exercises are basically tailored to protect that individual, particularly with L4-5, L5-S1 issues or issues in that region. So it's a very robust sort of set of principles to take you through the recovery process in fixing your back from home. The final one which catches people out a little bit in phase three is not doing your stretching. Forgetting about the towel exercise, there's such an awesome exercise that you can do to just unload those discs in the lower back, very different to many of the other exercises that are done in what we would call phase one, but it's one of them that can transition all the way through and be used for the long term. Um, also not forgetting to stretch out those hips as we're doing more in phase three, working on those hip muscles to keep them nice and flexible so they never build up too much tension and it starts to translate into the lower back. So that's pretty much it for today's live stream. I'm giving you sort of a whistle top stop tour through exactly what you need to do to fix your back from home with these home routines. The first two phases, uh, well, the first phase, it might take you um, a couple of days to a week or so. The second phase can take some people a month, some people it can take a touch longer, six weeks or so. And that's really about carefully introducing those exercises. That's where most of the anxiety is. But people, once they see, they get a little bit of progress, that goes very quickly and we start to build that confidence, which is absolutely awesome. And, and we've seen that inside the Facebook group for the premium members of our Back in Shape program. Some members are jumping back in and saying, hey, I've actually been through this and it's okay and you can do really well. And it, it, gets, it gets a lot easier. So that's awesome because quite often the biggest thing with back pain is you feel like you're the only one suffering with it and people don't really appreciate what you're going through. And it's nice to know that actually there is a light at the end of the tunnel and you can do well. It just requires a little bit of consistency, grit, determination, and as I said, consistency one more time. So with that being said, we'll jump into Q&A and uh, go through those questions and help you guys out further. Okay, let's do it. Quite a few questions oh, today. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to start off on YouTube. So yep. first of all, um, Rick has asked here, how long should you take moving from phase one to phase two? I've been following yoga for back pain on YouTube, but it hasn't really, uh, as you said, it hasn't really helped. 
Yeah, so un unfortunately, um, I wouldn't necessarily say yoga is going to be the ideal. You'll see a number of the principles that we talk about here are much more focused. That's not to say yoga can't be done later. Um, really, with the phase one type stuff, jump into, if you're not already, um, if you've been doing the other videos, then, then possibly not. Jump into our phase one. Um, generally speaking, depending on your level of activity, you use that as a judge. So it might be that you can maybe stay in that phase for um, no more than sort of five days and then you transition into phase two. What we'd normally recommend is we recommend doing a phase three routine, uh, th sorry, phase one routine three times a day, morning, middle of the day and later on in the day because we're trying to alleviate the stress on our body and keep everything in good order. Um, when you transition into phase two, we actually, there's a video that explains this as well in there and how to do it. What we normally recommend is you do a phase one routine in the morning, phase two in the middle of the day, and phase one at the end of the day again. And that way we're starting to slowly build up a bit of strength whilst also doing those relief-based exercises. And if you're a yoga person, a lot of the yoga movements is about flow, flow, whole body movement. With the stretches that we're doing in phase one, especially for you, you're going to have to kind of unlearn that a little bit for the time being because we want just to be stretching the hips. We don't want any lower back involvement in any of these stretches. So it's about keeping your core nice and engaged and protecting that spine from any movement whatsoever whilst those hips can be stretched effectively to take stress off your lower back. So that is something that a more flowy, uh, a person that's used to a more flowy yoga routine may struggle with a little bit in isolating movement to one joint. It's necessary for the time being. You can build back in the flow in the future. But for the time being, let's focus on phase one and phase two. Sorry, be... did you just say how long we should take the transition? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I said to start with on phase one, we should be doing around about five days, okay, I think, okay. for someone for, for someone like this, um, and then moving into phase two uh, slowly. Okay, wonderful. Susie has asked, what is a pelvic tuck if I can't avoid them if I don't know what they are? Yes. Uh, <laughs> let me grab the spine. So it's basically when they say sort of rock your bum under, so you're lying on your back, and then you literally just flatten your arch. So it's basically pressing your back into the ground. Um, so we've got your knees up maybe like this, like that there. Um, and then all you're doing is you're rocking your pelvis backwards to flatten the lumbar spine. Um, it's a common one where they say, you know, when you're doing a, a certain exercises, you're lying on your back, tuck your bum under and then do the exercise. And I'll show you guys on me so you can actually see what I mean. So we're up like that and then that is a little bit, there we are, and then we're tucking that way. And you see that flattens the lordosis here. So we don't want to be doing that. That is going to create trouble. The reason being, as we do that movement that I just showed you, uh, we're going from this position here to that. It's opening out all these bits here. We don't want that. We need support for that natural curve so the spine can function effectively. Great. Uh, Gina has asked a couple of questions here. Uh, are pelvic tucks something that you sh that should never be done regardless whether you have back pain? Um, I would say that pelvic tucks, the question was, should they never be done? Um, I don't think that's necessarily true, but if you've got back pain, I would not be doing them. Uh, unless you've had, um, so we do a lot of x-ray analysis in the clinic. Uh, the overwhelming majority of patients that come in, we've got a full understanding of their exact spine and the stresses and strain it is under. And if we've identified that they actually objectively have a 25%, 15%, 30% um, change in their alignment that would indicate they need to do that, fine. But I'm very reluctant to suggest people do those sorts of uh, posterior pelvic tests if they don't know for a fact, not from a physical exam, it's not accurate. Um, as I was speaking to, to, to someone the other day about the fact that they've had um, been, been commented they've got too deep a lordosis in the past. 
and it's not true on their x-ray. So we need to make sure that we're not going towards or, or paying too much attention to physical observations without x-ray imaging. And that's got to be standing up, lying down is different. Um, doing the pelvic tucks, the reason they're commonly recommended is because it helps make an exercise easier, in my opinion. Because what, what they're often done is they're often done before we're maybe going to do a tabletop position in, in, um, in yoga or Pilates. So you tuck in and then you lift your legs up. Well, if you don't tuck in properly, if, or if you don't tuck in as they say, it's easy for that to happen when you go up into the position. And, that, and what they do is just making the exercise, trying to make the exercise a little bit easier. What you need to do is focus on just holding your spine in a neutral position in spite of what's happening down in the legs. And that's what you're learning in that phase too. Um, it's really an important principle. Okay, brilliant. And um, just quickly, Gina has asked here, what are the benefits of the towel exercise? So the towel exercise is numerous benefits. Uh, I'm going to draw it because I've um, drawn in, in advance. But um, so one, one thing the towel exercise is doing is it's restoring the normal lordosis. So it's bringing us back to a normal position. Quite often, a lot of people have a flattened curve when we're talking about chronic lower back pain or even short-term lower back pain, they're stuck in this sort of position. It's flatter than it should be. So the towel is actually creating that arch, that lordosis. It's supporting the lordosis in a gentle but effortless way. The next thing it's doing is it is actually creating a longitudinal stretch through the spine here with the appropriate distribution, i.e. there is more stretch on the front and slightly less stretch on the back, but it's proportional. And that's the way in which our spine works. It should have this smooth curve to it. So the towel is just reinforcing that. It's also taking pressure off the discs as well, which is quite often, it's the excess of loading on those discs over an extended period of time that leads to failure of both the disc and the facet joints and the surrounding ligaments. So it's an awesome stretch. It's so easy. And a lot of people actually really struggle with it for the first couple of days, but it does get easier. And if you're someone who's in the back in shape, a membership right now, you're watching this video, post in the comments your experience. How long did it take for you to feel comfortable doing it? I think it was Mandy that was saying that she was actually doing, um, you know, really finding it easy that, um, you know, she was just completely relaxed there uh, yesterday. So that, that's awesome. It does really make a difference, but you have to do it for a couple of days first. Awesome. So I'm going to move on to Facebook now. And Mandy has asked us a question. So okay, awesome. uh, could you tell me why I get cramped? in my calf most nights is this connected to my back so quite often the cramping well there's there's a few things to probably two maybe three things to think about when it comes to cramping number one if you're very very active during the day um you it could be that your salt and water levels are a bit messed up so you're just not getting the appropriate uh, electrolyte balances that affects nerves so 100 percent look into that because that's a really easy fix Try one day drinking a little bit more water and then try drinking a little bit more salt. And that could be the issue. Now, if it's one leg over the other, it could be that, but it's, it may also be coming from your lower back. Um, it could be that those, there's a little bit of that inflammation residually in that lower back and it's creating a little bit of too much inflammation or building up too much overnight and irritating those nerves a little bit. Finally, it could also be if you're a sleeper that sleeps on your front with your toes pointed, if you do that for long enough and really tense this muscle, it's going to go into, into spasm. So if you are sleeping with your toes pointed, um, it can potentially give you a bit of cramping as well. So there's sort of three things, one coming from the lower back, one coming from nutrition, and one coming from sleeping position. Have a look at those three and, and, and see, see which one it's likely yeah, to be. Yeah, it's one leg. It's one leg. It, it might be worth using a little bit of ice closer to bedtime. One of the things that helps a lot of people with back pain, and I would say that it's more likely then to be um, related to that, um, 
Before you go to bed, a lot of people spend a lot of hours sort of sat in the chair, they're watching TV, etc. Try and get up and move around that 20 minutes, 30 minutes before you do go to bed. Nothing too arduous, but maybe it's just, you know, going down to the kitchen or something like that, moving around a little bit, maybe pop a little bit of ice on the lower back, and that might push back the time in which we get the cramping. But I would also look at the water and salt intake as well. Yeah, you can get those sachets from Boots, kind of the electrolyte sachets. Electrolyte sachets, yeah. Yeah, you could pop one of those. It's a very quick fix because it, they cost more or less nothing. Yeah, um, a sort of. yeah. yeah. Um, and, and that's going to replace the electrolytes, and, and you might be surprised. It might mm. just be that. Um, okay, uh, Marie has asked, why would my husband suddenly start to shuffle? He complains about his back being sore. Um, that really depends. Uh, it depends on how old he is, a number of things. If he's suddenly started to shuffle and he's aware that he is shuffling, um, then it's most likely that he hasn't got the ability to properly engage his core and lift his legs because of the pain. He's kind of like really trying to avoid the pain. Um, if there's no other sort of peculiar signs um, then then I'd, I'd go with that if it's something that is consistent in terms of the shuffling uh, gait and he's not aware of it then it would be good to just have a chat with your doc with your doctor about that one um, because certain neurological issues can involve shuffling but it tends to be something that wouldn't really happen suddenly you'd notice it very slowly over a period of time that being said um, my grandfather had both hips and both knees done and he had a very shuffly gait uh, with no real issues for a long period of time just because he's as you as you get older you got two you're basically walking on artificial limbs and and that did result in a slightly less muscle control um so that could be an issue as well it, it really depends on the age um but if it's something that persists then definitely have a chat with your doctor just to get things looked at properly okay um ollie has asked are inversion tables good for decompressing the spine um so in terms of inversion tables they are uh, some some pieces of kit that can help um, it's just a case of using it sensibly. Some people just turn themselves way upside down and it's a little bit too strong in terms of the decompressive effect. But um, I don't see there's any, any, any meaningful problem with them if you're using them sensibly. They can be a good tool. Okay. But they're not, but the one, one thing that's really important with that is that is not fixing the underlying problem. A lot of people use things like inversion tables or other, issue, other, other pieces of equipment. And please, for you, don't get, don't get caught out into this sort of trap. They use it as a supplement instead of doing exercise, which is a little bit of hard work. They'll just buy one of these pieces of equipment and just use those all the time. Even this thing here, the Hypervolt that I've mentioned a few times in, in, in the live streams over the, over the course of time, you know, they're great bits of kit, but you still have to work out. You still have to strengthen those muscles up. That isn't going to strengthen them for you. It makes your working out more effective and it helps loosen the muscles off afterwards so you improve recovery, etc. But it's not fixing your lower back. It's not fixing the uh, or building the muscles, which is necessary. Okay, right. Um, Kate's written uh, quite a long question, so I'll try to just um, summarise it. Uh, so with the dead bugs, is it okay to start with gliding the foot along the floor and gradually get to lifting? Um, so if you can't get into the actual lifted up position, then yes, I, that, that's an acceptable sort of variation. That being said, I think it's, it's often quite a little bit better if you uh, get into the actual position, the starting position with the legs up and then just do a smaller movement. Don't go all the way out with the dead bug. Um, just go maybe halfway or a quarter way. And maybe your first 10 reps are going to be just quarter reps for a week or so. And then you might be doing half reps for another week. And then you might get into the full reps. So it, it's perfectly acceptable sliding your foot along the floor if you can or if you have to. But I'd try that. Another little one that can help, little tip for all of you guys, um, as a more of a mental aid than anything, 
we've got the towel exercise for the lower back and if you're in, in the premium in the premium back and shape membership you'll you'll know all about this stuff um if you get a smaller towel this is a little bit too small but maybe a, a tea towel and you just place that underneath the arch of your lower back not so it's pressing into you but just so it's there to remind you of this curve here that way you'll feel if you're uh, moving the position of your spine a little bit more quickly and it can act as just an aid when you're doing things like the dead bugs especially when you're getting into them and you're not able to um keep an eye on your specific form but but also for you guys going into phase two um we actually shot a video yesterday of me going through the full phase two routine three sets 10 reps of all the exercises in the strengthening part so we're going to be releasing that on uh probably this weekend i think okay. we've just got some more editing to do of it and then it'll be up live on the back in your members area and on the premium facebook group so check that out um and just sort of go through that yeah. with us that should be hopefully really helpful for you guys so that'll be for the premium members and they can premium members yeah yeah you you literally get the video up and just follow along there's some audio uh there as well to just sort of give you guys a few pointers as you're going through the routine and you can please if it's too a little bit too fast for you pause it as you're going along because uh, I think we got it done in about 13 to 15 minutes mm -hmm. uh, which some of you guys will take a little bit longer which is perfectly okay yeah. um, don't worry about that at all okay some more questions um, yep. so we'll continue with Kate with the marching bridges can I have the towel under my back uh, to support the arch so yeah I kind of kind of covered that, covered that a little bit there um, with the dead bugs you can have the towel underneath your lower back but with the marching bridges we should be off the floor so we shouldn't really be resting on the towel there um so just just if if you're finding it difficult to get off by all means have a little towel not a proper uh not the proper size towel underneath there and just lift your bum a touch off the ground make sure you keep your spine neutral and then go through those reps and as you get better you can lift your bum higher off the ground it's just about doing what you can and not maybe not reaching the full rep but i actually mentioned that in um in, in that, I definitely mentioned that because I, I mentioned it. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned it when I was doing part of the editing. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a perfectly acceptable one. Okay, awesome. Um, and, and Kate just replied to your comment. She said, both towel exercises, back and the neck, took a couple of days. But once uh, once I found the exact place to put it, both are brilliant and really help. Yeah, that, that, that's awesome. It really is so true. People don't kind of believe me when I first talk about the towel, especially if I'm doing it on those virtual consultations. Um, but it, it does get so much easier and you can do it wrong. You know, um, you can't you should not be putting it down down here somewhere uh, underneath the meat of your bum. It should be in the lower back supporting that curve. So that's another way uh, to make sure and double check you're doing it correctly. Okay, awesome. And last question, I believe uh, Karen has asked if if my back pain is really bad, should I rest? completely for a couple of days before starting phase one um yeah so the question there is if my back pain is really bad and, and i think we get this occasionally should should i yeah should i not do anything uh until for, uh, you know at all and, and the answer really there is no um it's not going to get better on its own um you may f you know you, the, the implications of just doing nothing for a good few days well you're probably not doing nothing and if you're bed bound that is an issue in of itself so we really do want to get out and do a little bit of movement and we sometimes get that with patients saying you know uh, they, they've got a new patient appointment for example and they're like, oh, i can't make it i can't move i can't move it's like look just come in and even the act of coming into the clinic makes them feel a little bit better doing nothing is always a bad idea um, because what it's essentially doing is you're, you're literally doing nothing and you're not helping the situation move you're not getting any movement through your body therefore 
the situation is stagnating and then when you do try and move you're more sore so you move less so things build up more so then when you try and move again you're more sore again and so on and it's a downward spiral you're going to sleep at night sometimes there's pain issues there but you're going to spend a night resting use that as your resting time we don't need 24 instead of 12 hours of sleep and resting we need to be doing something productive those exercises for the phase one work as I said at the start of this video, they're all free. They are perfectly safe for you to do. You take a bit of time, you should be doing the icing as well. That's really, really important. And even if you struggle, a little bit of walking in this best of possible position around the house or even around your bedroom would be better than just lying on the bed all day. It, it, it always makes things worse um, and, it, and is really advised against. Um, it, yeah. Okay. Any uh, other questions? No, I think that is everything. Thank awesome. You so much, everybody. Well, thanks. Thanks for the questions. That was really good. Um, really appreciate those. So um, please do add those in whenever you're watching on our live streams. Hopefully you found today's video on sort of the home routine for back pain helpful. If you do uh, find these videos useful, then please do consider subscribing to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when we're going to be going live. We do those every weekday, as many of you will already know by now. Um, thank you very much for joining. And we look forward to seeing you tomorrow with another live stream.